Lots been going on in uh, some people's lives over the last uh, few weeks. Uh, it's great to have the Hutchins family back. Great to see you, Will. How's the last few weeks gone? Been a rough one, hasn't it? Will and I share the scar of an appendectomy now. We have, uh, have that in common. But uh, he had a perforated appendix, and it's been a la- really a rough, uh, rough time. Where were you guys up in Pennsylvania somewhere, coming back from Canada, and it just uh, went from bad to worse? But it's great to have you here. You have been on our prayers and on our hearts. Uh, also, uh, Denise Koziel, her, if you don't know, her mom uh, passed last, uh, last week. Um, Diane Smith's uh, sister-in-law passed away. Joyce's aunt uh, passed away. There's been a lot, lot going on, and uh, certainly our hearts go out to go out to you. And uh, you know that's family. We uh, we hurt when people hurt, and uh, you know that's that's a good thing. You know we're going to talk about worry this morning. You know there seems to be a lot that we can worry about in life, isn't there? Health, death, but what is the proper perspective that God wants us to have in our worry? I know it's something we all can relate to, but what does God want us to learn? You know, last week, We saw this man, we call him the rich fool, who had, had things going pretty good. And he thought to himself, hey, I, I've got things good. So I am going to store up. I'm going to make sure that I, I provide for myself in the future. And as we talked about last week, his, his focus really was on himself. And Jesus had warned about all types of greed. Watch out for this. Watch out for the things that really capture and captivate your heart, and your attention. Make sure, in fact, that you are being rich toward God and not rich towards yourself. And so in light of all of this, Jesus comes to this passage in Luke chapter 12 in verse 22. And again, the context is that Jesus has begun to really narrow the focus. There's been thousands of people that have gathered around him and persecution has begun to, to, to take place in his life. People are opposing him fiercely, and he says, watch out. Be on your guard. Make sure you know what is in your hearts, what, what you are focused your soul on and your life on. And then he said, verse 22, it says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, in light of all that's taken place before, in light of this this." This rich fool who was rich toward himself, not towards God, in light of the fact that your soul could be demanded of you, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, about your body, what you will wear, for there is more to life than food, and more to body than clothing. Consider, think about, here's what I want you to come to a conclusion about. I want you to think about what I'm about to say. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. 
They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. How much more valuable are you than the birds? And which of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? So if you do not, cannot do such a very little thing as this, why do you worry about the rest? And consider or think about the flowers, how they grow. They do not work or spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was clothed like one of these. And if this is how God clothed the wild grass, which is here today and tomorrow is tossed into the fire to heat the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not be overly concerned. Do not set your hearts on what you will eat and what you will drink. And do not worry about such things, for all the nations of the world pursue these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, this is what you need to get to the bottom of. Pursue his kingdom. Seek this so that you can find it. And these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father is well pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide yourselves purses that do not wear out, a treasure in heaven that never decreases where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let's pray. Father, we admit that we worry. We get anxious about so, so many things. And Father, we, we also know consciously that you don't want us to worry. You want us to have faith in you and confidence in you. But, Father, we still get distracted. We still get torn apart by the things in our lives. But, Father, for a few moments here today, help us to, to see what you need to see and pursue the right things. Make decisions here as we leave that we will pursue the right things and not be distracted and divided by the things that really have no significant consequence when it comes to eternity. Father, bless this time. Bless this study. Bless uh, the decisions that we will make as a result that we will pursue your kingdom. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, it goes without saying that we worry about so many things. We worry about our health. So we go online and, 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 and we look, you know, hey, I, I'm feeling these symptoms. And we go online and, and guess what happens? There's a list of eight symptoms, and all of a sudden you, you have identified that I think I have seven out of eight. We worry about the past. What can you do about the past? But we worry about it, don't we? I should have, could have. And we play tapes. You know, you're, you're, are you with me? How many, how many of you don't play the tapes of things, conversations or experiences and go, if I don't, shh, we do. We know it does, can't do anything, but we do. And we worry about the future. Maybe I should and, and do this and this and this and this. We worry about how we appear. We worry about what other people think of us. We worry about our, hopefully do, we worry about our grades. 
applying to college, tests, relationships, jobs, security, 401k, retirement, you name it, we worry about it. But what does worry really do? The thing is, I want us to understand today that this is not some kind of, God does not want us to have some self-help approach to worry. This is not applying a few kind of spiritual, general spiritual principles to a kind of a worldly approach to handling anxiety in our lives. I think we will see very clearly that God expects us not to worry. And sometimes I believe we spiritualize our worry and say that we worry about the kind of the right things. When in fact, God says, at least my understanding of this passage, do not worry about those things. Don't! It's not right to worry about it. It's not productive. It does not change the situation. And again, although we know it can't add an hour to our life, it doesn't change anything really in the outcome, it has no causal effect, we understand that, but we still continue to worry. And Jesus knew how deep Worry is in a part of our lives. You know, that this idea of worry is, is descriptive of being distracted, divided into parts and pulled to pieces. And tell me that that not, does not describe when we are given to worry how we are pulled apart. We're anxious about something and, and, and we're divided in our mind and our emotion. Does that not describe what happens when we're given to worry? Do we think straight? Do we make, do we make proper spiritual decisions in, in, in our anxiety? Most of the time we do not. We make very emotional decisions in, in the time of, of our worry and anxiety. And Jesus knows what worry does to our lives, and so he paints a picture. And he says, you know, there is more to life than food and more to the body than clothing, this outward kind of robes and, and adornment that we wear. Jesus is intentional here when he wants us to understand that we, life is more important than kind of the, the external things. And a Jew would understand back then this idea when he talked about life to the Jew who brought life, God. It was God who breathed life into man. And so when Jesus says, I want you to be focused on life and what and who brings life, I want you to be focused on God. I want you to understand it is him who breathes life into you. It is it is. It is God that you need to focus on, not the external things. He is the one who, who breathes into your soul. There is more to life than the outside food and outer garments. And there is someone more important in your life. And if you are forgetting to see God in all of your worry, you are, you are forgetting everything. It's interesting here that if anyone had the right to worry, it would have been Jesus' disciples 
in this context. Because what was happening is that opposition to Jesus was intensifying. If we read earlier in chapter 12, you know, things were getting, things were getting pretty heated up with Jesus. The Pharisees, as Jesus was kind of condemning them and preaching against them, they were opposing him fiercely. And then the, the topic of, of conversation or his preaching turns to the disciples in light of all of that opposition, opposition and, he, and he tells them, there is going to be opposition coming your way. In fact, you're going to be brought before synagogues, rulers, authorities, but don't worry about that because the Holy Spirit will help you. So if, if, if anyone had reason to, quote, worry... It was those disciples because he was saying, yes, you are going to be dragged in front of the synagogues. You are going to be opposed fiercely. But what does Jesus still say? Do not worry. It seems to me that Jesus does not give them an out when what would be, quote unquote, reasons to legitimately worry. Because it is going to happen. So what does that say to me? That I have no outs. If Jesus didn't give them an, an out, he doesn't, I don't have an out. I have no, I, he needs, I need to focus on God. I need to consider, and this is what Jesus wants us to do. He wants us to consider, to think about, to this, this idea of considering is to think upside and down, up and down, and to reach a conclusion. So what conclusions does God want us to reach today? First point, storage units and treadmills. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They do nothing to provide for their food. They're an ugly scavenger bird, but they get fed. And God cares for them. They have no storeroom or barn. Interesting, Jesus had just talked about the parable of the rich fool, and he, and this, this fool mentions about his, his storerooms not being big enough, and so he brings this back, brings back the focus, and that this man was consumed in the things that he could store away. You know, interesting, in our day and age, multi-billion dollar business in the U.S. is storage units. I don't know what we're storing in that. But we've got lots of them. What does it say about our hearts? What does it say about our treasures? Again, I don't know what we're storing, but we, we have a need for lots of storage units. Somehow in our society, we, we think that I, I, need to, 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 I need to put away. This may be valuable at some point in my life. I want you to think about this, and I bet this is true of, your, of you. You worry about those things that are most important to you. You're consumed with those things that are most 
important to you, those things that you value, those things that are really in the storeroom of your heart. And I'm not simply talking about possessions. But what does consume your thinking? What does consume your thoughts? Are they, are, are your storerooms or are your uh, storage units kind of how people view you? Your, your, your value, what, how you're valued? Are they the physical things of your bank account and 401k, but can they be things like upgrades and desire for new possessions? Better possessions, better clothes. But here's the point. Is God really in that storeroom? Is, is, is God the one that you have a, a storage unit with? Is he the one that you are, and we'll talk about this in a minute, investing in? Now, so you consider the ravens. Now consider the flowers. They don't run themselves ragged. They don't burn out. They don't grow weary, exhaust themselves. They just are. They just grow. They're beautiful. Even Solomon, Jesus says, even Solomon, and, and he was pretty, pretty well adorned. He, he, he walked around in, I'm sure, some pretty fancy clothes. Richest man of his day. I'm sure he stood out in a crowd. But flowers reflect and think about what I want you to understand as you're listening to me, Jesus is saying. Sometimes we run ourselves ragged for what? For what is in our storerooms. We run ourselves ragged for what we think we value. We, we exhaust ourselves. And what do we get when we get there? few extra dollars, promotion, and we're running on a treadmill. Treadmill is great for, uh, you know, kind of sweating and, and losing pounds, but it doesn't get you anywhere. I'm not talking about, again, losing weight or anything like that. I'm talking, it's just you run on a treadmill and you, you get on at one point and you get off. At the same point, it's right beside you, and it's, it's right there. And Jesus wants us to understand that, that we, can't, we can't live, we can't toil, we can't exhaust ourselves for things in this life that really don't get us in any direction towards God. They simply leave us in the same spot. We're running on the treadmill. So Jesus says, and this could be the, the title for the lesson, forget about it. Forget about it. Focus on the right things. And your worry and my worry is not okay. It shows a lack of faith. It shows a lack of trust in God. And again, sometimes we spiritualize it and and. But here's what I want, and this is what I'm convicted of in my own life, is my worry, my anxiety, the things that I think about, the, 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 that, that I have value in, do I bring those things to God and am I praying? 
And prayer, to me, really is, is or lack thereof, is, a reflective, is reflective of really what do I value and who do I value. God doesn't want us focused on the, the storage units and the treadmills. What does he want us to focus on? And this is the second point. The pursuits and investments that last. Pursue his kingdom. Invest in the things that really do matter. See, and God will make sure that you get that. And he addresses their fear. Because again, if you think of the, the people that were listening, they would, they would be going, are you sure? What if I'm all in, Jesus? What if I really do follow you? What is going to happen to me? And Jesus says, you're going to get the kingdom because God is pleased to give it to you. Whatever vernacular we use today, he's fired up, he's stoked, I don't know what, whatever vernacular you want, he, he's pleased, he's excited, he's joyful to give you the kingdom. That is something real. That is something significant. And some, even as you study the Bible, face similar fears. Can I really surrender my life to Christ? Can I really give everything over? But what if I do? What will happen? Can I really say I can go all in? Will God really provide for me? Well, You'll get salvation, forgiveness, the Holy Spirit, fellowship. You get what we sang about, a home where? In heaven. You get salvation. You get forgiveness. You get the Holy Spirit. You get fellowship. And you get heaven. Is it worth it? Is it worth it, you disciple, to go in, all in and deal with sin in your life? And, and to, to really go after the character in Jesus that needs to change in, in, in you? Is it worth it? Because you have salvation. You have forgiveness. You have the Holy Spirit. You have fellowship. You have heaven. See, Jesus does and God cares about all the, the things around us. But he wants to make sure you are invested in the right things. Here's what he gives you, a treasure in heaven that never decreases. It is unfailing. It never ceases to perform. I don't know how many of you have any investments in stock markets, but if you do, you realize that they are not solid and, you know, they are not just always going to perform. Your car is not going to stay free of rust. Your body, as it gets older, is not going to stay as flexible as it used to. It's just not. But what are you pursuing? Am I, and here's the idea of pursuing. When you pursue something, you are intentional. You're focused. You're on a quest. 
when Cody was kind of finally captivated by Brittany, he went on a quest, went on a pursuit. She's the woman that I want to spend the rest of, the, of my days with. And in a few weeks, your vows will be sealed. But as he will know, that pursuit has not ended. Or he should understand that, right? <laughs> it's simply begun in a different manner. Hence, the need for all of us to have marriage classes. When I lost my job a week before my first son was born, I was worried. But I pursued another job. I pursued another job. I made sure that I went after it. Why? Because I wanted to provide for my family. But does that describe your passion towards God? Is your pursuit of God with, with intensity and, and zeal? Or is it casual? To pursue something, you pursue it with zeal. You, you, you go after it. Is that descriptive of our relationship with God? You know, it's interesting, as, as we pursue things and go after things, Jesus also says, tell us to, to get rid of things. So we pursue God, but we kind of got to, we've got to get rid of the things that distract us and, and keep us from pursuing God. So he says, sell and give. You know, in the Roman world, it was, it was very much a, uh, uh, a concept of reciprocity. That's a big word to say, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. You, I, I give, but there's some sense that when I give, I'm going to get a return on that. So uh, if, if you gave generously to, to the poor in your community, you know, Rodolfo would, would get recognized in the community for his great generosity, and he would be held up in honor, and it would, in fact, be a way for Rodolfo to, to increase in, in stature and influence in the community. So there was this sense, well, I'm going to give with some return and investment. I, I will get recognition. I will, I will receive something from this. Of course, if you read through the Gospels, you, you realize that Jesus all the time says, no, 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 that's not how God works. This, this is, this, you, you, you invest, you give, expecting nothing in return. So you invest, you give like God, and God becomes your return. And sometimes I think in our giving, whether it be financially or, or even of time, energy, effort, expenses that we give to each other, we, we expect things in return. But God wants us to give because we give to God. We give to that street person. Well, what are they doing with that? I'm not, what are they doing with that money? 
Joyce and I talked about this just recently. How many people do I drive by? Well, we can't, we can't possibly give to all. I, I know that. I'm just I'm challenging my heart. I'm challenging us. I mean, why do we give? Why do we withhold? Well, I don't know where they're going to spend it. I got, I, I, I've got a lot. I got a lot. God has given me. What about your time and your effort? Do you give towards that weak disciple? Do you, do you get with that weak disciple? Do you, do you listen? Do you, do you listen with the attempt to, to hear and to understand the needs that they have? Or do you get with that disciple and just, just you have an agenda that you're coming in and you're, you're, but you haven't really, really helped them. What about having a single mom and her family into your home? What about taking communion to someone who is sick, who's not here today? I could go on and on and on. What, what do we and how do we invest? See, our heart follows our investments, doesn't it? I don't know how many of you are planning to run a marathon this, uh, or any kind of race this year. But it's been shown that those who pay the money, the entry fee to the race, are more likely to train for the event than those who have the desire to run in the events but don't pay the money up front. Your investment leads to change. When I first ran a half marathon, that was what I did. I was like, okay, I really want to train. Pay the money? Well, I'm in now. It's true in life. If you invested in Apple stock today, I bet you would be looking at on, on the you know the stock reports, and you would be interested in how that stock is 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 going. I don't look at anything in the stocks. I don't have any stocks. I, there's nothing there. But I guess my question is, what is what are the stocks in your life that you're looking for? What what are they? What kind of captures your attention? What do you go to every 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 day? Kind of just to to make Facebook? I don't know. What captures your attention? Is it God? So what are you investing in spiritually as we wrap up here today? What are you spending your time, money, efforts and energy on? Disciple, I mean if you if where is your treasure bin? If you're a disciple, what what is, is it directed towards God and his kingdom? And how will you invest in God this week? Deeper Bible study? Have you started this, this book on Jesus, on the character of Jesus? Are you interested in looking at, at Jesus' character and looking at your character and going, I, I see a difference what do I need to go after? Will you make that decision this week? Will you have a deeper prayer life? Will you serve more? Will you make some decisions in your life to go after sin in your life? Will you invest in those things? Will you invest in God? Or will you show up next week 
barely investing in his kingdom, barely pursuing his kingdom. And if you're not, if you're not a disciple today, will you really, really invest in those things that are eternal? Set up a study with those that have invited you. Get your life right with God. Get salvation. Get the Holy Spirit. Get forgiveness. Get the, the, the deposit that is given you through the Holy Spirit that will, you can get in heaven. Because God is pleased to give it to you. He wants to give it to you. It's a treasure that will never cease to perform. And we've got to understand that. This treasure never ceases to perform. And as we wrap up, God wants you to pursue Him. Things that really matter. He doesn't want us to go after the storage units and the treadmills. He wants us really to go after what is important in the next life. That is our real treasure. And what are you storing up? in your storage unit? What are you running after? What, what, what treadmills are you running on? Are you really pursuing God? Let's make sure that every single one of us, if we are running after anything, it is running after God. Amen?